the glass in left corner to Aguila. Aguila in the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three rebound. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. All right, let's get things going on a Thursday edition of the program. It's Thursday, November 9th, and we're underway this hour from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. He's Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Somewhere... In the air between Calgary and Toronto, Ontario, we have a wolf sighting. Okay, I've been I have been waiting for his recall so that we could do this. Do you, would we consider that just being the entire segment? I think that there would be enough I, I think there'd be enough people excited that we could just hit the wolf sound. Just effects. let it ride. Yeah. I like it. Now let's as, as we're all howling at the moon, let's dial back on a few things. No, there is no trade imminent. That was the first thing that you saw on our text line or social media. Like, oh, bye-bye, Vladar. Or, oh my goodness, it's Jacob Markstrom. Wait, there's no movement. So settle down. There's no trade. This isn't because they're like, ah, oh, we need to carry three goalies. That always works. That's, our, that's the best idea ever. No. This is uh, a little bit of an insurance move. Uh, Jacob Markstrom missed practice on Wednesday for maintenance reasons. I do believe it was maintenance, but maintenance because I think he's a little banged up. I think that's a fairly safe assumption. Uh, I don't think majorly uh, banged up, but I think, you know, Nick, whatever term you want to use for there's something small going on. I think that's a fair assumption when we're talking about Jacob Markstrom right now, which is why Elliot Friedman suggested that this is for injury insurance reasons. It's why we're suggesting it's for injury insurance reasons. So no, they're not imminently trading Dan Vladar, nor are they imminently trading Jacob Markstrom. But that doesn't mean there's no chance he plays on this trip. Does not mean that Dustin Wolf will just automatically sit in the press box the entire three-game trip that starts uh, Friday night in Toronto. So I think it's important to point that out, Wes, that this is not that this this is primarily a kind of a insurance cover your base move, but at the same time, doesn't mean that it's not exciting. There's uh, two things can be true at the same time. Yeah, my my sense is that, as you said, this is all hinging sort of on Jacob Marstrom. And when I say all hinging, I think a call will probably be made tomorrow morning about whether Jacob Markstrom is, is good to go or not against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if he is good to go, then I think what you'll see is Jacob Markstrom in Toronto and then Dan Vladar in Ottawa, presumably then back to Jacob Markstrom. However, if you decide that Jacob Markstrom could really benefit from a couple days off to rest whatever is bugging him, I think it sets the stage to go Vladar Wolf and see from there. And why this is so exciting for those of us who cover the team, why it's so exciting for those who cheer for the team is that Dustin Wolf. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> has been waiting for a second opportunity to show that he belongs at the NHL level to show that it's time for the goalie of the future to be part of the present plan. 
And that's when the trade rumors might start to swirl again. I, I think everyone's really eagerly anticipating what Dustin Wolf will do with that second start at the NHL level. And it sure feels to me that, like it's possible. I, I don't think it's close to set in stone, but it's possible that that could come very soon. Yeah. And, and here's my opinion. You've got him up for insurance reasons anyway. Play him. Like, we've been talking since, I don't know, April about how they can manage three goaltenders in the same organization that all deserve to be playing NHL games. Okay, you've called him up for insurance reasons, and that's fine. And you're dealing with something minor with Jacob Markstrom right now. That's fine. Even if Jacob is good to go, play Dustin Wolf. That's that's where I am. I, I say... Play the damn kid. You got three games. Send him back to the Wranglers after Tuesday's game in Ottawa. You got three games on this road trip, including a back-to-back. Play Wolf. What What is possibly the harm of playing Dustin Wolf in one of these three games? And I'm sure that there are. you could come up with reasons of, so I don't think that they outweigh the benefit of getting this guy a game. And I'm curious as to where you are because I know where Wes Gilbertson sits on the big picture right of Dustin Wolf. So I feel like we've traded positions. I know that's why here. that's why I'm really curious <laughs> yeah. where you are. I'm just like play the damn kid. Like if you've got if you you you've already recalled him. He's already flying. We saw the pictures in his lovely Canada goose jacket, which I believe is like team apparel now. Like I believe it sure he, looked like it. I was looking through those I've photos. A, I've I'm, done a little digging. Okay. They, they uh they have like flight suits. Like they're Canada goose they're all, they all get suited up Canada Goose to fly. Uh, I did a little digging on that. That's so. a different world, hey? No kidding. They look great. But, like, we already saw Dustin Wolf, and he's on the plane. If they haven't landed in Toronto while we're talking right now, they will be soon. He's already there. You've got three games with three goalies that all deserve to play, and whether Jacob is good to go or not, I would play Wolf all day, every day. I'd get him into one of the games. Okay, so which one are you playing him in? Ottawa. Okay, and so here's my my only, I guess, concern. Which would be Saturday, by the way. And and this is why I say it all hinges on Jacob Markstrom. If if Markstrom goes tomorrow against Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner and what we know is a high-powered Toronto sorry, team, I don't know. Just because Dan Vladar's last start in Seattle was was so strong, I don't know that you want to skip your backup goalie and put the kid in above him. And that's that's nothing against Dustin Wolf. That's more about maybe the message that you'd be sending to Dan Vladar. And and I know for those of us who who sit and gab on on the radio, for those who are, are gonna be texting in, we don't have to worry about Dan Vladar's feelings. But I know in the Calgary Flames coach's office, that is going to be a consideration. What message would it send if we skip Dan Vladar? to put in Dustin Wolf just based on what Dan Vladar did in his last start. Now, I think this is a great reason to tell Jacob Markstrom to take it easy with whatever he's dealing with. Maintenance, like NHL teams love to throw this around, right? It's a maintenance day. When quote-unquote maintenance days start to pique my attention is when they happen either before or after an off day or a travel day. Because suddenly that's two two consecutive days that a guy is not on the ice. And that is something that NHL teams don't do very often. So if, if there's a maintenance day 
before a day that you're just Canada goosing up and flying to Toronto, it's not for nothing. Some, something is nagging there, I'm sure, for Jacob Marsham. And so why not just pump the brakes with your workhorse goalie? Why not give Dan Vladar, who had a terrific start, by the way, as you refreshed my memory in Toronto a year ago. Yep. Overtime loss, is that right? Overtime loss, Play, yep. Played his butt off. Yep. Why and not? has historically been very good in Toronto. Right. And so why not start Dan Vladar in Toronto? Why not give Dustin Wolf without making him sort of jump your usual backup? Why not give him that start in Ottawa? Then why not give Jacob Markstrom a few extra days between starts and put him in in Montreal, where he also played his butt off last year in a game that he deserved a much better fade in? And then all three goalies get in a game on the trip. I, I just think if Markstrom starts tomorrow, suddenly it's hard to get Wolf in Saturday because of what it maybe says to Dan Vladar. Yeah. And I, I fully do understand that. And I do think you have to always manage these things. And all you can't, oh, well, who cares about feel? Like, of course, you have to manage the mental side of this. Almost as much in this day and age as the physical side of things. It's, it's just, it goes with the territory. But I just feel like you've got the three guys here. So may, maybe you do go Markstrom, Vladar, and then you play Wolf uh, against Montreal on Tuesday. Sure. Then you give your two guys a rest and you're back on Thursday and Marky's good to go against the Vancouver Canucks, his former team. I don't know. You played for the Canucks. Were you aware of that? Uh, then he's good to go a week from today against the Vancouver Canucks. So I just, I just, I don't see the downside. No. If, if I, you want, if you want to do the, like, I get it. If you don't want to piss anybody off and I'm with you. If, for instance, if Markstrom isn't good to go, if they're like, yeah. you know what, we just need take Let's wait until Tuesday. Give your give yourself just a that'll be a week between starts. You're you're nursing something very minor, so let's wait until because that's what we uh, that's what we believe that he's nursing something very minor. Yeah. So wait until Tuesday in Montreal. You play there. We'll go Vladar and and Wolf to split the back to backs Friday Saturday. Well then yes, naturally, defer to Vladar for game one. He was the guy who picked up a solid win against Seattle. He was great. And then he gets the first game against the high-leverage team in Toronto, all of that. And then on the second half of the back-to-back, it's easy to go to Wolf. Thanks thanks for coming up. Here's your carrot. You deserve it. You're 5-1 and one with our number one affiliate and the 924 save percentage. And mind you, before that game that Trent Cull told us about earlier this week when he joined us Monday, before Sunday's matinee game where the, he wasn't very happy with the team game as a whole, wasn't Wolf at 942? Yeah, I think, I, I think Sunday was for, from, I, and it wasn't there, but my understanding is was Dustin Wolf's worst game of the season so yeah. far. What'd you say? Nine two six right now? Nine two four. Nine two four. Five and one. Five and one sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that you probably take that. So here and I think you and I are coming at this from very much the same angle. Like here's some some goaltending sequences that I would be comfortable with if I were the Calgary Flames over the next week. You could go Markstrom against Toronto, Vladar against Ottawa, Wolf against Montreal, and then back to Markstrom at home against Vancouver. You could go Vladar against Toronto, Wolf against Ottawa, Markstrom against Montreal. You you could go Vladar, Markstrom, Wolf. What you can't do 
for Dan Vladar's sake is Markstrom, Wolf, Markstrom, back home to Markstrom again. Yes, that I agree with we, 100%. We're on the same page Absolutely. there? Perfect. Well, let's just play the Wolf thing for the next 15 minutes. The the whole conversation underlines going back to the preseason, what you and I were talking about, though. And this is why, because I agree with you in principle that the Flames can't lose Wolf. And what I mean by that, not physically lose him, more like the abstract lose. Like they can't they can't have him check out or get frustrated or get upset. Like they can't, they can't have it be where he's like, okay, well, it's not gonna happen here. That's mm-hmm. something they can't afford. Yeah. And so, yes, they do for the time being with his waiver eligibility not kicking in yet. He's waiver exempt. You do have the ability, as it stands right now, to use the luxury of time and to slow play a potential trade for Vladar or Markstrom if that's what you want to do. And I say Markstrom because if this thing does turn into a pivot, well, that's a guy that you could really put into the conversation. I don't think he wants to be a part of a pivot. So I I think that you'd have some really interesting options if that's what you decide to do. But that's for another time. But while you decide how you're going to free up a spot long-term for Wolf on the NHL roster, you can still slow play this with Vladar and Markstrom. And I think he, Wolf, is a... the, The even keel that he goes about his business with... I think that you can slow play it for the the better part of this season or a good chunk of this season and not lose him. But when you've got an opportunity like you have right here to play him, that's risky. Like if all of a sudden he gets recalled and sits for three games, I worry about that being detrimental. I really do because you're like, what am I doing here? I'm not playing. I'm not playing in either the back-to-backs in California with the Wranglers. Probably not playing Tuesday, Wednesday when they're back home. So, like, am I just here to be a three? You've got an opportunity to play them on this trip. So, I say do it. And that, that is something they they should worry about and should bear in mind. And, and I'm sure Dustin Wolf, if he is listening right now as he heads downtown in Toronto, I'm sure he's laughing because he probably knows exactly why he's up. Whether Whether... And by that, I just mean if he's not going to play unless Jacob Markstrom can't play, he knows that. If he's the likely starter in Ottawa, I think he knows that. I'm sure that has been communicated to him. But you're right that you cannot leave Dustin Wolf sort of wondering where he fits. I I, I want to be careful how I put this because I, I don't want it to sound controversial, but... My understanding is there was some real frustration for Dustin Wolf with the way preseason played out he did not necessarily feel like he was given an opportunity to come in and make the team he had one start at home his first game in in several months as he said afterward he had one start on the road and and then sort of the goaltending situation you could tell early in camp was set and Dustin Wolf was before long headed back to the Calgary Wranglers and why I want to be careful how I word that. I don't think it's something that Dustin Wolf is still stewing about. And we've heard that Connor Zary was also really ticked off when he got sent down and he used it the right way. I just know that there, there was some disappointment 
from my understanding from Dustin Wolf with how that played out. And so that's why you have to be careful with opportunities like this, that he doesn't leave feeling like he didn't get the opportunity he was expecting. That can just be communication. Yep. That can just be, Hey, you know, Jake, Jacob's dealing with this. So here, here's where you stand. That that's all it takes. He just has to know because this kid, and he is a kid, he's 22 years old, has a really bright future, and you just can't sour him on the direction you're headed. And that's why I think you've got a real good opportunity to, you know, make this go the other way, you know? I, I just, it kind of feels like you've got this chance, because I only think he's going to be up for these three games on the trip. You've got this chance to get him into a game and say, hey, you're having a hell of a year in the American League. You are still our top prospect. We still see you as our goaltender of the future. So here's a game. But that that to me, yeah. it just it seems like a no-brainer to me. That's all. Yeah. I'm there's a financial nugget involved, obviously. You you get your NHL salary for a few days, but that's what Dustin Wolf wants, right? He wants another He's only in it for the money, is what you're saying. <laughs> he he wants another game. He wants another chance to prove it. And and look at the momentum that is sort of building in the organization in terms of what the call-ups have brought you. And I realized that we're sort of talking apples to oranges, but look at what Connor Zary has done. Look at the injection that you've Boom. got. And that's another good point I hadn't even thought of. Right? Look at the injection you've got from Connor Zary. Good point. Look at the injection you've got from Martin Pospisil. Yep. Nick D. Simone. So even early on from Matt Coronado. Absolutely. We're we're looking at a an organization and, and a head coach, I think specifically Ryan Huska, who has seen these kids pop up in the dressing room and said, Okay, let's see what you got. I, I certainly would love to see it with Dustin Wolf. I just think it all hinges on Jacob Markstrom. I do too. Yeah. I do too. But like, and we know that Jacob likes to play every game. I mean, if it's up to Jacob. Yeah, but you kind of have to. We've seen Jacob play dinged up before. Yeah, he's not as good, and that sends the wrong message to to Dustin Wolf too. If he, if he's sitting there and a seventy percent Jacob Markstrom is trying to tough it out through a game in mid November, Dustin's probably sitting there thinking, "What am I doing here? Why why am I not at least dressed as the backup?" I, I think this is a real opportunity, but yep. if, and it, it's hard for us to, I shouldn't say hard, but the, the missing info in this conversation is what, what's going on with Jacob Marcer. Yeah. Right. Does he have some sort of minor injury? Did he have the 24 hour flu? Maybe, maybe he suddenly feels better to, right? Like we don't know. Well, there were a couple of M- McKenzie Weger crashed into him on the two on O goal. The right. Walker Dewar bumped into him in the first period. Like there were a couple, there of were times. a couple of times for yeah. sure. And so I'm not saying if, if Jacob Marstrom feels like he's close to a hundred percent, he can't go. I just think part of the great thing about having depth and having one of the best goaltending prospects in hockey is that, Okay, if 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 we need the depth, look, it's right here. Now give him a chance. Yeah. And then you see the response online. You see the response on our text line. It just underlines how, and, and I think Flames fans are are a lot of Flames fans are happy to have seen 
Zeri get the opportunities gotten most recently. Pospisil, we've seen, seen Solovyov. Obviously, Coronado played a good chunk of games. I don't think it's going to be too, too long until Coronado's back at the NHL level. So they have given young players opportunity already this year, which we talked about earlier this week. And I think that's exciting for a lot of Flames fans. And I also think that Dustin Wolf is the most exciting prospect for most Flames fans, or a lot. I can't, I can't pinpoint it, but for a lot of Flames fans, I think he's the number one prospect and, and the guy they're most excited about. Yeah, and certainly of the ones we haven't seen yet this season. Right? Because if anyone else was in that conversation, it was Matt Coronado and Connor Zari. Potentially Jeremy Poirier, who's now sidelined after needing surgery on a skate cut. Yeah, but I, I think now I'm I'm probably down the rabbit hole. Dustin Wolf is the most exciting prospect for ninety percent of Flames fans, I would say. I and I think that's fair, and I it's understandable too. It's that position. It's and and you know Jacob Markstrom has gotten a. Or, or has given Flames fans a lot to cheer about, especially that one year where he finished with nine shutouts. He was one of the best goaltenders on the planet that year. You know, so so they they we've seen Flames fans have some better goaltending since Jacob signed here, but there's still that clamoring for like the next guy, the next Vernon or the next Kiprasov. Like there is still that clamoring here. Well, you know, you try to set sort of. I guess a ceiling on a prospect, right? You try to think, okay, well, what what could Jacob Pelche, let's say, be? Well, you know, he's probably going to be a guy who can be a real reliable middle six winger. Well, what what could Dustin Wolf be? I think there there's a sense that if anyone in this pipeline has the potential to be a superstar, it's Dustin Wolf. And that don't get me wrong, there's questions far from a sure thing. I'm not saying you know, put Dustin Wolf's name on future Vesnas or anything just yet. But the the reason people are excited is that he might have true star potential. He's been a superstar at every other level. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if he's going to be a superstar at the NHL level, but he better damn well get a chance to, to be that with the Flames. Yeah. And this, it, this cannot go the Matthew Phillips way. And I'm not saying Matthew Phillips is going to be a superstar. I don't even know if he's going to stick the whole season in, in the NHL because we've seen his ice time fluctuate here over the last little bit. But the, we, we better not be in a situation in two years' time where it's like, well, Dustin Wolf just signed with another team and he only started. 14 games uh, with the Flames. And right. Like, and I, I honestly I don't, don't think, think that's good. Yeah. I don't think Jordan Sigalet or Jason LaBarbera or Craig Conroy, or I don't think anybody who is like, we talked to Sigalet after he made his first start. I, I think, I think Jordan Sigalet would, would eat a, an entire skate before he allowed that to happen with Dustin Wolf. And I think the same with, with Craig Conroy and others. Is that a goalie skate or a regular skate? Goalie skate for sure. They're yeah, that cumbersome. Yeah, that's a t- that's a tough <laughs> that's a tough chew. So I don't actually think that's going to happen, but I do think it just it should be in their minds as they head out on this trip and yeah. And I, and then the next conversation's fascinating, right? Let's let's say Dustin Wolf gets in on Saturday and let's say Dustin Wolf wins his second NHL start. And let's say Dustin Wolf looks really good in the process. Then flame stock would be fun next week. Wouldn't it? I think so. Post game will be fun. Yeah. I just, I I don't, 
if if Markstrom is battling something, it all, uh, the other no brainer in this is okay. Markstrom's just a, a tweaked something or battling through something. So then, don't play him in one like give him until Tuesday to play. Right. That also seems quite rational, does it not? Absolutely. For us, it does. Now, you it's also rational to think that you want your number one goalie playing against a team that has the offensive arsenal that the Maple Leafs have. But you don't want your number one goalie at 75% facing the Maple Leafs when you have two other options that you believe in. Yeah. You keep telling us you believe in them, and I... We believe they we believe, believe yeah. that you believe, but I also believe that if you believe and we believe that you believe, then I believe it's time that we see Dustin Wolf in a game. Show that belief. Yeah. Uh, if you follow. I think I understood. People still want to see a trade. I still think that there will be a trade at some point between now and next season. And don't you think that the trade becomes easier, maybe not easier, but if you're Craig Conroy and suddenly you've seen Dustin Wolf play four or five NHL games, and and that's not imminent, but as this season progresses, if he looks like he fits, you're even more comfortable making that trade. Yeah. Are you not? Well, and that's another really important part of this is that you only have three periods of NHL game tape and, and body of work for Wolf. Against... Against the worst team in the history of the NHL, at least right now. The San Jose Sharks were probably better in Game 82 than they are now, but maybe not a whole lot better. Yeah. That was They Toss were an American up. League they, team. They really were. And and in Game 82, when you have, you know, the veterans not necessarily... Just, just thinking about, you know, their next Expedia search, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like you... This is another opportunity to get just another body of work uh, or, or another another um, addition to the body of work. Make it six periods. So then you you can come away. Maybe he struggles. Maybe Ottawa lights him up. You're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's, that's good to know. Or maybe he goes out there and he's great. And you're like, geez, these guys can't beat him. And and Dustin Wolf is out of his mind. You're like, oh, okay, well, that that's important. Yeah. Might as well. The more body, of, the the more body of work, the more game tape, the more information you have in the world's stupidest position in sports, the better. Absolutely, goaltending is stupid. Like yeah. nobody understands it. Even the people who understand it don't understand it. Before you put, I certainly don't understand. Before it. you put, I think Pat is saying one of your other goalies again to quote Pat on the red arrow up to Edmonton. Just find out what you have in Dustin yeah, Wolf. That's a fair way of putting it. Uh, let's read some text nine sixty nine sixty because as expected. This guy, uh, this this topic um, ends up being a good one. This person doesn't like that we're talking about this. You guys are brutal. Let's say the same thing over and over. Go listen to another show then. You are welcome to leave. Uh, this says, this is really great that we're all talking about prospects and about the up-and-coming young guns. For so many years, it was like they didn't even have an AHL team. I think Conroy's putting his money where his mouth is, creating some excitement. Uh, on another note, it's really great to have the Wranglers in Calgary because we get to recognize a lot of these guys. That's from Dwayne in Midnapore. Uh, this says Dustin Wolf makes roughly $3,300 a week playing for the Wranglers and roughly $39,000 a week in the NHL. Nice little bone for a guy that's playing at an elite level. Yeah. Look, I'd, I'd be good with 3,300 a week or 39,000 a week. I'd be happy with either, but 
yeah, thirty nine thousand a week. That that's a that's a nice little jump. This this is how I felt when I got called up to Flames Talk. Yeah, absolutely similar. Anyways, you know how this industry plays. Uh, this says. Uh, Wes nailed it. Even Markstrom at 95%. Go with Vladar in Toronto no matter what. Feels comfortable and plays well in that building. Coming off a strong road performance in Seattle, it's a no-brainer. Then let the kid play Saturday in Ottawa. Let Markstrom get back in against Montreal where he's played well. The plan writes itself. Fair enough. Wes nailed it. Uh, I like that text. Strong text. He nailed it. Is there a text of the day prize? I think Wes <laughs> would choose that one. Yeah. Uh, this is why not put Markstrom on the injured list if he's truly hurt? Because if it's minor, the minute you go on IR, you're out for a week. So the earliest that you could retro him is Tuesday, which means he wouldn't be available until Tuesday. So what's the point? Doesn't matter. If he's if you've got a potential to play him on Friday or Saturday, putting him on the injured list doesn't help you. It hurts you. So that's why. Yeah, and th- that's another one of those hints that that this is sort of an unsettled situation, that yep. this is a, we got to see how he responds, how he feels, whatever the case is before we totally solidify our plan here. Uh, this says if the flames don't do something with Wolf, they risk losing him. A la Matthew Phillips. That's from Dave in Calgary. Uh, this says on St- Stafford on highway two, we were at the last home game and Markstrom clearly tweaked something during each commercial timeout. He was stretching out his right leg, something he typically doesn't do. Uh, play the goalies that hung, that's hungry like a wolf on Friday, then follow up with Markstrom or Vladar on uh, on Saturday. That would be the hungry like a wolf. Well done, Stafford. Um, this says, uh, I'd play Vladar Friday, Wolf Saturday, and Jacob Tuesday. When's the last time they've scheduled three different starters by design? That comes from Greg and Varsity. This says, I love the wolf on cue. I do, too. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, we're underway this hour on Flames Talk. We'll see how it plays out starting Friday when the Flames take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wes Gilbertson, Pat Steinberg, along with you. Before I, uh, before I hit this, any, anything to close it out? Maybe play the wolf thing? One more time. There. Whether you're a fan of sports or a fan of great deals, our friends at 403 Local, they're the place to be. Every time the local hockey heroes hit the ice, you can get two beers and a pizza for just 20 bucks at 403 Local. That's a hell of a deal. Uh, how about on Sundays, you can watch all your NFL football with 50-cent wings, happy hour all day, and then they also have wings on Wednesdays as well. How about Monday? Dry ribs, just $5 per pound. They also have daily happy hour. Hour, three to six lunch special weekdays from eleven thirty to two thirty. Uh, I think the point of the uh, the point of it is you're always going to get a hell of a deal if you stop in at four hundred three local. Plus, they're available for private functions. Visit four hundred three local. They're in Canyon Meadows. They've got deals all the time. They're a hot spot to watch Flames football and more. And they're at four hundred three local.com. One more time, visit four hundred three local in Canyon Meadows and at four hundred three local.com. This is Flamestock. Join the conversation at 960-960. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's dive in on the Daily Flames Roundtable now. Brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The GLC 300 formatic coupe is built for winter. Loyalty lease, lease rate of 3.99% on a 48-month lease. Zero down for $1,099 a month. No payments until 2024. Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson, and now the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, joins us as he does at this time every day on Flames Talk uh, as we convene our roundtable. Um, gents, 
we didn't talk about Jonathan Huberdo on Wednesday's roundtable because the first half of that hour was dedicated all to Jonathan Huberdo after he was benched on Tuesday in the win over Nashville. At practice on Wednesday, we saw Huberdo Lindholm back with the returning Andrew Manchapani. Manchapani, of course, served his one-game suspension against Nashville Tuesday night, and that's more than likely the way they're going to start the game Friday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is is that trio of Lindholm between Huberdo on the left and Manchapani on the right, is that Calgary's best shot at a top line as things stand right now? I think so. I mean, there's been a revolving right door on the right side of that line, and uh, they've tried uh, different wingers with Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberdeau going back to last season, and I wouldn't say that there's been instant chemistry with uh, anybody in that spot, but when I asked Ryan Huska about it last week, uh, he did say that to this point, not that it couldn't change moving forward, but to this point, Andrew Mashapani had been the best fit uh, playing in a line with Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberto. So uh, I do think he brings uh, a different element to that line. You've got a guy who isn't big, but plays big, gets in there on the four check and, you know, will dig pucks out and uh, win more than his fair share of 50, 50 battles and who will go to the hard areas. And, you know, Huberto is a guy who I, I would say is more of a perimeter player like the, see him change that to, to some extent moving forward and and Lindholm with the responsibilities that the centerman has especially with the Flames new system in the defensive zone I'm not sure that he's going to be able to spend a ton of time in and around his opponent's net so I think that's a role that Majapani can play so uh, I would say that it's been the best of the groups they've tried as they try to form a number one line but uh, who's to say that uh, it couldn't be someone else moving forward? But based on the sample size we've got, uh, that would get my vote. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I do think it remains their their best chance for a top line. I, I've said before that I, I, I finally saw some really encouraging glimpses in that first handful of shifts they had in Seattle before Andrew Mangiapane was thrown out of that game and, and ultimately suspended for cross-checking. So, so yes, I, I do think Andrew Mangiapane is the the best fit. I, I do think of your sort of bingo balls that that that's the one that has the most potential to work. And I'd also say that you know right now you could put a in his prime Lanny McDonald on the right side of Huberto and and Lindholm, and you'd still be wondering about chemistry between the other two guys. Yep, and so it's easy to focus on on the sort of third wheel and i i don't mean any disrespect to andrew manjapani but whether it's manjapani or dylan dubé or whoever's on that right side we need to see a click between huberto and lindholm and, and maybe even more so than a click both those guys have got to elevate their game offensively yeah. Jonathan Huberto struggled. That's been well-documented. Elias Lindholm has been inconsistent. I, I think that's been fairly well-documented. And so while while I like the look of that line on paper, it's going to take more than just the right right winger. The other two guys have got to get going. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And, and Derek West and I talked a little bit about this on, on Wednesday's show as well. And... A, I think yes, if you're looking for the best chance they've got right now based on the evidence that we've seen through the first month of the season, 
I think Lindholm, Huberdeau, and Mangiapane is your best chance for a quote-unquote top line. Because Lindholm, despite his, his struggles to start the year, Lindholm is still Calgary's number one center and, and is still the guy that, you know, by default, when we're tweeting out lines and we're talking about who the number one line is, far more often than not, we defer to whoever's got Lindholm as their center. That's the top line. Oh, and he also is the leading scorer on the team. So I, I, I think Lindholm remains the number one center. Yes, benching on Tuesday or not, Jonathan Huberdeau is still this team's highest ceiling offensive player. Despite that we haven't seen that yet, he still is their highest ceiling offensive player. And Manjapani has been the best fit with that duo, as, as we've talked about. And, and you mentioned what, what Ryan Huska told us about a week ago, Wilsey. So I, I do think that is their best chance. And here's the other thing that Wes and I talked about. Because of what they found with the Kadri line, with Kadri playing as well as he is and having been the best player on the team for the last week, with Zeri playing the way he is and with Sharon Govich elevating his game and the three of them working really well as a line, the fact that you just know that Backlund and Coleman will work and whoever you put there, and right now Martin Pospisil's done a great job for two games, so you know that you've got two lines right there. And it feels like the lines are maybe starting to find more continuity than they ever than they, they have at any other point this season. And so you've got the opportunity to let Lindholm, Huberto, and Manjapani breathe a little bit too. So not only do I think it is their best chance of finding a number one line, I also think you've got a little bit more opportunity and a little bit more leeway to let it stay together and maybe find something right now too. Yeah, they've got two lines right now. And... You know, breaking it down even further, uh, they've got uh, one threesome that I would definitely leave together for the time being, and that is Nazem Kadri between Connor Zeri and uh, a guy who's starting to flourish a little bit. And Yegor Sharangovich uh, looks like he's starting to find his game and find his confidence and find his role with this team. And then you've got a, a duo that I would leave together, and that would be Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman. And, and as you mentioned, right now they're playing in a line with Martin Pospisil, but now for me, guys, you can put anybody with those two, and that line is going to be just fine. Whether you want to put Andrew Majapani back there or move Dylan Dubé, Dubé there, Coleman's versatility, being able to play both the left side and the right side, I would say equally as well. If you want to slide him to the right and put Adam Ruzitska on the left side of that line, I think that could work. But you know, I wouldn't touch that duo of Backlund and Coleman. So talking about the first line and I think the fourth line you can do some mixing and matching as well and you know if guys aren't performing uh, it's an opportunity for Ryan Huska to again uh, put his money where his mouth is which he's done this season uh, if you're not uh, playing the way the team needs you to then he's going to take away ice time and if that doesn't work he's going to sit you down and if that doesn't work maybe the team will send you down uh, but as far as the quote-unquote first line because it hasn't played like a first line let's be honest in a perfect world, and this is kind of further to your point, Wes, you shouldn't need players to get your highest paid player. And if you were to re-sign your second highest paid player going, Jonathan Huberto is their highest paid player. If Elias Lindholm signs an extension, he'll be their second highest paid player. You shouldn't need someone on the right side of that line to get one or both of those guys going, but it's kind of the situation the flames are in right now. So because you're locked in long-term with Huberto, and I'm not sure if, if they're going to move forward with Lindholm or not, or maybe the other way around, he doesn't want to move forward with them at this point. But 
you need those guys to elevate their line mates more so than, or you, you should need those guys to elevate their line mates more so than the other way around. But uh, ultimately because they're, Sucks the wrong word, but locked in with Huberto right now. They've got to find a way to get him going. So that's why I think you know, trying different guys there, as they have, was the right way to go. And because Majapani to this point, has been the best fit, leave those three guys together. See if they can find something, because with all the combinations they've tried to this point over a year plus, none of them have really worked all that well. So because this has been the best, I'd, I'd stick with it for a little while. And I guess it's easier to do that when you've got at least two other lines going. Wilsey, I know you just said you wouldn't break up Backlund and Coleman, and, and I obviously understand the sentiment there, but would you consider breaking them up if you thought that Backlund could help get Huberto going? Well, you could play Coleman on the right side of that line. Yeah, that's true. And that's what I love about Coleman is that uh, he's versatile. He can play up and down in the lineup. He can play on left wing or right wing, so uh, it would be an option. But again, small sample size. I wouldn't say Huberto and Backlund's been a match made in heaven either. No, and it's one we haven't seen this year. I, I mean, yeah, I actually didn't mind it last year. I was actually, and I know it didn't last a long time, and you know, it was I didn't actually mind what I saw from them last year. I I, I do understand the the sort of continued investment in the Lindholm and, and Huberto pair. I just think the clock has to be ticking on it. Fair, yeah. It's, yeah, you, you need... And, and I understand the, the thought behind it, too. Sure. When Huberto's right, he's one of the best playmakers in the league. Lindholm, I would say, is... Well, right now, because Matt Coronado is down, he's their best pure shooter at forward. So I understand why, on paper, they think that it works. It just hasn't worked on the ice, at least not consistently to this point. doesn't mean that it won't suddenly snap into place and, and maybe Mangiapane with his skill set can help those two guys do that, but they've got to get Huberto going. And to a lesser extent, they've, they've got to get Lindholm going offensively. And until that happens, I think that's really going to hold this team back uh, from getting to where I believe they think they can be. Uh, and that's as a, a team that can roll four lines and three pairings. And, and that's how they're going to beat you. With uh, Backlund and Huberto together at five on five last year, they outscored the opposition 17-7. to seven. Uh, Expected goals, 56.4%. They were a 56.8% possession duo. High danger chances, 56-49 in favor of the Flames when they were out there. I'd, I'd think about it. I'd think, I didn't mind it last year. It, didn't, it didn't, wasn't like a, a lot of time together, but I'd, I'd think about it. And uh, just as a uh, quick follow-up with Coleman... Playing with Backlund and Huberdo, high danger chances 34-25 in favor of the Flames when they were a very short-lived line. Well, it makes some sense. Uh, I mean, turnovers have been one of the things that has plagued Huberdo. And if you were to put him with Backlund and Coleman, you would be putting him with two of your best 200-foot forwards who are very reliable defensively. Now, with that said, those two guys tend to start in the defensive zone. And maybe you want to give Huberdo more offensive zone starts. Boys, this is what I love about the round table is we're also convincing that we, you know, 15 minutes ago started off saying that Manjapani with Lindholm and Huberto was the best bet, and now we're changing each other's minds. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you got to talk through it, right? <laughs> That's impressive. Um, Daily Flames round table with uh, Derek, Wes, and Pat. Um, 
maybe don't need to spend as much time on this one, but I am curious, what are we seeing from Noah Hannafin over the last little bit? He scored in back-to-back games here. Uh, big goals in both of them. Both tied the game. One of them late in the second period on Saturday and early in the third period on Tuesday. Big goals at big times. What are we seeing from uh, Noah Hannafin here of late? Well, I brought this up, and I can't remember if it was on a broadcast or if it was on the roundtable a week or two ago, but uh, back in uh, the Red Wings' latest heyday, when they had Nicholas Lidstrom uh, as their number one defenseman, uh, the, the joke that would be told around Joe Louis Arena uh, during that time, when, when someone asked, uh, who's the Red Wings' second-best player? It was whoever was paired with Nicholas Lidstrom. And I'm not saying that Chris Tanev is Nick Lidstrom. He's not. Uh, much different players, but whoever is paired with Chris Tanev tends to be better. And it doesn't even matter who it is. It doesn't matter what team we're talking about because he was a great partner for Quinn Hughes with the Canucks, and I think he's been a great partner uh, for whoever he's been paired up with as a member of the Flames. And maybe at the top of that list, although Oliver Shillington might have something to say about it, but at the top of that list for me is Noah Hannafin. And I just think that he allows Hannafin to uses skill set to more effectively because Tanev, for my money, is as good a defensive defenseman as you'll find in the league. And, yeah, he'll get involved in the rush from time to time, and he can skate, and uh, he can make a good first pass or, or skate the puck through the neutral zone, but he's also a stay-at-home defenseman most of the time, which I think allows Noah Hannafin, who is an elite skater, I would say one of the best skating blue liners in the league, to, to jump up into the rush and get involved that way. So I think a big part of Hannafin's success of late has been the fact that he's been back in a pairing with Tanev. So that'd be a big one for me. But I, I think he's a guy who is uh, like the other defenseman for the Flames, starting to get more and more comfortable with the changes they've made in the defensive zone, going from man-on-man over the last couple of years to zone this season. So he's thinking less and just reacting more. And hey, once you start to put up some points, you start to build some confidence offensively. Uh, If you're confident, you tend to shoot the puck more, which he's been doing. And good to see him score a couple of goals. So I I give Hannafin a lot of credit for uh, upping his game, but I give his partner some credit too. I'm just going to add one more, and it certainly dovetails with your point about Chris Tanev and what a good partnership that's been with Noah Hannafin. And that's that I don't think it's coincidence that Noah Hannafin's confidence has has blossomed a little bit again with Rasmus Anderson back from his suspension. I, I think mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin was miscast as a number one defenseman. I think he wore it a couple of those games that they didn't have Rasmus Anderson. Him and Mackenzie Weger were, were trying to pull some big sort of shutdown minutes. I, I, I just don't know that that pairing worked very well. And so I do think also being you know more properly slotted now as opposed to trying to yeah. be the number one guy on the blue line, I, I think that's also helping. So that that's that is also I think very fair. And the last thing that I'll I, I agree with with both of what you said. The uh, last thing that I'd add is I also don't think it's a, con- a coincidence that all of a sudden the distraction of contract talks gets uh, shelved. Mm. I, I I don't think that's a coincidence at all because. I think for any player, when that is in the background, it's, it can be distracting. Well, now he knows that for an indefinite period of time, he's just playing. And they're not talking about contracts. There's no imminent decision as to whether or not he's staying or leaving. I, think, I don't think there's any coincidence there either. And 
All I know, because I think that, that Wilsey, the, the analysis he threw out there about what we're seeing, him playing with Tanev, he's been a little bit more aggressive offensively. I mean, the, the goal that he scored on, on Tuesday, like that was a really, really confident step up, and he friggin' wired that thing. And, and you're like, who? And then even, even his celebration afterwards, you're like, Noah Hannafin's as chill as it gets. Like he always, <laughs> it always feels like he's got the surfboard on the on the Bronco, and he's about to go, <laughs> he's about to go crush some waves in Malibu, and and so on Glenmore Reservoir, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. or or down on the boat right yeah. on 10th Street. Um, but he, he always is, he's super chill, and like to see emotion like that out of him, you're like, damn, Hannafin was fired up, and so I I just. I know for a fact that whether the end result is the Flames re-signing, the, the end desired result is the Flames re-signing Noah Hannafin and extending him or trading him for a big-time haul, him playing like this is good for both. So uh, that, that's important to point out as well. Yeah, for me, and I could be wrong here, but for me, the only way to really eliminate that distraction would be to A, sign an extension, or B, get moved. Because while there's a contract being negotiated, I think that can be a distraction. And as long as there's no extension signed, I think that can be a distraction for a pending UFA. But maybe, yeah, putting that uh, contract talk on the back burner has helped him uh, focus in on on just playing the game and uh, worrying about that and letting his agent worry about uh, and the team worry about whether or not those uh, talks are going to be rekindled. But uh, you know, these guys are pretty dialed in on what is being said around the league by us, members of the media, and uh, probably wondering what certain teams are talking about. And, you know, the bottom line is his name has been out there. It's been linked to the opponent. The play, Flames are going to play on Friday night, the Maple Leafs, who are looking for a defenseman or two before the trade deadline and probably sooner rather than later. So uh, I don't know that it is or isn't uh, a distraction for Noah Hannafin, but now, the bottom line is it's good for him and it's good for the Flames if he keeps playing the way he's playing yeah. because uh, his value is not going down with uh, the way he's looked lately, guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. You have yourself a wonderful rest of your Thursday, Wilsey. We'll talk on Friday on a game day. Sounds good, guys. He's uh, Derek Wills. He's Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll start to wrap us up this hour. Thanks to Cam and Taylor, our producers, this hour as well. And the Daily Flames Roundtable, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The GLC 300 Formatic Coupe is built for winter. Loyalty lease rate of 3.99% on a 48-month lease. Zero down for $1,099 a month. No payments until 2024.